A well-known and ancient definition of man is uh, the rational animal, which we all know comes from Aristotle. But this is not really the best translation of the words that he uses because he calls man uh, a, an animal endowed with logos, with logos, which is the same word that St. John uses in the first chapter to call Christ the word. God is the word, the logos, and man is a creature, an animal endowed with logos, which means can mean rationality or reason, but also with reasoned speech. Man is that creature that has language. We are the ones that are desperate and needy for meaning in our lives. We desire meaning and we look for it everywhere. People who aren't convinced of this, I would challenge them to watch an avant-garde artsy movie. Just the other night, I watched a movie, two hours. In fact, it was an hour, an hour into it, I said, I still don't know what's going on. I said, I don't know what anybody wants. I don't know what the drama is. I said, what is going on? And when the movie ended, I said, this entire movie was exposition. And I still don't know what happened. And I thought, oh, I know the reason. This movie exists to make me suffer. That's, yeah. I said, that's what the director wanted, and he did it. But also, he helped me to realize how much I said, I desire to know what this means. And I want, and I push, and I move. We are in such need for meaning in our lives that lacking a relationship with God, you know what we start to do? Study astrology. So a friend of mine says, she says, uh, yeah, my, my sister, Fawnaway Catholic, she started doing astrology. You know, there's people in the world who believe that when you were born, where the stars were has an impact on who you are. You know that? <laughs> this is how desperate we are for meaning in our lives, <laughs> that people would do this. Another friend, her little sister is a self-proclaimed witch. She reads tarot cards and bathes herself in moon water. Whatever moon water is. Uh, tarot cards. We're striving to understand what happens in our lives. We look at reality and we try to read the signs. Because that's what it is. All of reality is signs. Everything is a sign. But it must be interpreted. And this is where our freedom comes into play. Because for those who desire to know what God is saying to them, all is what required is a simplicity of heart and a freedom that desires to know. This is what the readings we have today are about. Here we have in the first reading, our guy Samuel, who's sleeping in... Okay, is it Samuel or is it Eli? Thank you. <laughs> Samuel hears this, you know... Uh, Samuel hears the voice of the Lord. Now, look, if somebody comes to me and says, Father, I'm hearing the voice of the Lord. I say, you know, what I say is, are you on any medication? <laughs> are you taking that medication? You know? Do you have a history of mental illness in your family? And it's okay to have mental illness. It's okay. It's just, it's not normal that God speak to you in your head. It's not normal. Okay. But God does do that sometimes. Yes, it's true. So there is a sort of subjective, psychological kind of way that God 
communicates to us, especially when it comes to things connected with the goodness of our nature. Like when you do something good to somebody, when you love somebody, you feel good. Now, that's just because God has made you to give yourself. So if you give yourself, this fits, and so you feel good. And that's one of the ways that God helps you to say, no, keep on giving yourself, keep on sacrificing, because this coincides with your nature. So this is true. Just like when we sin, we do something bad or wrong, uh, we, we feel bad, and we should. It's right to do that. Okay, this is not sort of externally imposed societal constructs that cause you to feel guilty as if Catholics were like different from everybody else in the world. Catholics, like any other human being, has the same heart that's good and given by God and is made to enter into a loving relationship with him. And God uses everything he can to call us to himself, like the world of creation, which is why we can know certain things about God simply by looking at reality, like how beautiful he is when we look at a sunset. Like how beautiful he is when we look at people. Like how, how incredibly gratuitous God is in the fact that in creation, he makes way more than he needs to. Somebody was telling me about their garden recently and how their garden is full of so many different flowers and so many different trees with so many different colors. And she said, God could have made just one kind of tree, could have made just one plant. And that would have been enough for us in terms of survival. But that's not the way God does. God does way more, even too much. You know, God made the dinosaurs. It's ridiculous. <laughs> what was the point of that? You just want to confuse the Protestants? <laughs> you know, lead the scientists down the wrong road? Why would you do that? Because he want, because for us, he wants to give them to us. He wants to make creation so much like this. So this is the way he makes all of creation. So there's certain things we can know about him and hear his voice simply through creation. But then the most clear, the absolute most clear and easy way to know about God is when he tells us about himself, when he reveals himself to us. And he does this. So this is like, here we have the Bible. Although if you want to... To get totally honest, from a priest, I don't actually recommend anybody to read the Bible. <laughs> don't read it by yourself. Let me say that. I had a guy come to me. He said, Father, I wanted to grow in my relationship with God. So I said, I'm going to read the Bible. He opens up the Bible, starts reading it. And he said, none of this makes sense. He said, everything contradicts itself. So he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to turn off my brain. And just believe exactly whatever it says. And I said, oh no! <laughs> this guy, beginning with a good desire to come become closer to God, has turned into a fundamentalist. <laughs> Which is why in the church will say this, the only way to understand the Bible is to read the Bible within the church. In fact, right here at Mass is the best, the absolute best place to understand the scripture. Because it's a part of this living, lived reality because the Bible is not a book of morals and doctrines that we're called to believe. The Bible is the story of God's relationship and the history of his relationship with his people, which is why it's dramatic and it changes and, and all kinds of things. But God in his revelation and then the fullness of that relationship, the fullness of that revelation is in Christ. 
And that's why here we have in the Gospel of John the most beautiful story, the very beginning of the moments of Christ's revelation in the flesh. So that we have John and Andrew who are there on the, on the, on the shores of the River Jordan with John the Baptist, behold the Lamb of God. And they don't know what that means, but they're there and they're new and they're fresh. And with John the Baptist, with all the crazy things that he says and the crazy way that he is, they were there with the simplicity of heart and said, I want to go and see who this man is. And they spent the afternoon with this man. And it was such a clear new time that John, the only of the apostles who died a natural death and is writing this gospel some 60 years after this event happened, is looking back at it and remembering what time of the afternoon it was. It was about four in the afternoon. We met this man. We spent the day with him. And afterwards, we said, we have met the Messiah. And from there, he can track for the rest of his life that it was this moment that changed everything for him. Because he met God in the flesh without understanding that's what it was at the beginning. But it was a reality. It was a human presence that was so exceptional and wonderful that drew him so clearly that he said, I don't know who you are, but in order to truly be myself, I need to be with you. I need to follow you. And by following him, his life grew and grew and grew and changed and changed and changed. And this human exceptional presence that happened 2,000 years ago is the same human exceptional presence that continues to exist here today. It's the reason we discover ourselves here at Mass today. And this, when we ask ourselves, God, what do you want from me? What do you have to say to me? Who are you to me? We simply have to continue to look at Christ in the flesh as he continues to exist in the church. So much so that we discover that not only is God not quiet, but he's so loud. He's so loud it becomes difficult to hear him because it's so overwhelming everything that he's trying to tell us. So let us, especially at the beginning of this ordinary time after the celebrations of Christmas, to look at our relationship with Christ and see how and through whom he wants to be with us. Because Christ in his tenderness is present and he does come close to us because he loves us and he desires to be with us.